Hello everyone and welcome back to the Mixed Bag Podcast. This is episode 9 of the show and today we have another brilliant guest. Today I'm joined by local man Keelan Irwin. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, how are you? Not so bad. Thanks very much for coming on. How are you keeping? Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, well, as good as we can be, obviously. It's quite strange. But um, no, getting ready to get going and yeah, delighted to be doing this. So thanks for having me on. No problem. I... Uh, you were very highly requested to you were, Keelan. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. I knew absolutely <laughs> nothing about motorbike racing in Donegal and, and in general. So I'm um, looking forward to finding out a bit more about yourself and also um, about the sport. Um, but when I did reach out to you, you're a secret fan of the podcast already, are you? Yeah, no, I definitely have listened to a few. Um, yeah, it's quite weird that people requested me because it wasn't. it's not something I thought people would. But um no, it was good. Obviously, I've listened to. I'm quite friendly with uh, Bambi's older brother and stuff, so I listened to that one. I've actually stuff, yeah. I've listened to them all now. Do a lot of traveling as well, a lot of time on my own, so plenty of time to listen to stuff. But no, it's very good. I think it's good as well. Um, shows a different side to. Sometimes you can't. Um, you don't see the personal side of stuff. So no, it's really good. Definitely. Yeah. No, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was, and uh, I suppose it was. Uh, it was good that that I did reach out to you. Um, but uh, you, you're. We were just chatting there the last day as well. That you're actually a good fan of podcasts in general. Yeah. No. Definitely. It goes back to probably the traveling thing, and um, listen, listen to a lot of podcasts. To be fair, um, it's just good, isn't it? I like. I like hearing people's story and stuff because um, thing as well it keeps my mind off obviously what what we're doing and stuff. So it's just um, no, it's good. It is really good. Definitely, I because you were saying that, you know, um, the variety of people that I'm trying to get on is is a big thing. But you were saying you don't really like listen to racing podcasts, and it can be anything that you'd listen to. No, literally anything. I listen to the, that high performance podcast a lot. It's really good, and they've yeah. got really good guests, obviously. But and even when I do listen to like racing podcasts, it would be more like uh, motocross, like nothing like the racing I'm I'm listening to because um, yeah, it just kind of annoys you sometimes. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> You need a bit of a break from what you do. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so I suppose you started off racing. How does that all come about? Yeah, well, my dad raced back in the day, but um, probably like uh, hobby kind of stuff, so fun kind of stuff, and I always had bikes. And then kind of obviously like grew up around it a wee bit, but um, obviously like my mum didn't want us to race, or like she had no no aspirations for us right. to race. And, <laughs> tried for us to do absolutely everything but race um but it just kind of wore down eventually and even to be fair the first few years like it was non-serious um it was just just doing it and I was like obviously like I had a bit of aptitude and stuff for it and I was like Aye. doing good and stuff but I never really started taking it super serious until I was about 16 and then obviously Aye. then you you kind of crack on a bit but like I, I just I was doing it. it was fun like I was racing at the weekends and then just going to school during the week and stuff, um yeah. like a lot of I was racing people that were like maybe getting homeschooled and stuff but I never you know I never really thought much too much about it like it was just something I always done at the weekend yeah. and um I think it was good as well because obviously our like my dad sort of like kept us grounded you know because he had Aye. seen it all before so um yeah and then the next thing we know obviously now just the years fly by i can't believe yeah, exactly i uh, probably until lockdown i am um, like the first lockdown uh i started like looking around the house and like see old photos and stuff and like old trophies <laughs> and you go holy sh- i've been doing this for a while like yeah, you know? yeah. but um yes yeah, so that's that's basically how it started and it all kind of just went from there just kind of it all goes so fast in the blur like and i literally yeah. feel like I, I went from 
doing school by motocross, like just with mum and dad at the weekend to British Championship and on road bikes and stuff at like British Superbikes and literally like it, it feels like a day. Obviously it wasn't, but like it just yeah. feels like I went like one day I was like at a van at Irish school by motocross, the next thing I was at British Superbike, so it's just insane, you know. Aye. No, it's unreal. I I'd say it's probably the first time in your career where you've had a chance to kind of reflect as well, and I suppose that's that's what you're doing, thinking back on the on the old days. Yeah, it was mad because I was in Spain for I think it on two weeks in Spain and I landed home from Spain on a Thursday before Paddy's weekend. Right. Two thousand and twenty. And then I went straight to Cork to do like they had like an event, like a chat show show that thing that we done. So I came back up here on Monday night and then everything got locked down. I remember going <laughs> I've I've had like because we like generally start like in February. I was like, I was just getting going like here. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do now? And I'd never had so much time. I don't think I had as much time at home since I was about 15. But it was brilliant and I, I enjoyed it. And it probably made me appreciate it a lot more, you know, because obviously everyone, well, I complain a lot like about the travel and stuff like, and I don't anymore. Yeah. Because um, you realize how, how lucky you are to do it, you know, for a start. And I kind of realized like how much I wanted to do it when I was 12 again. You know, I feel like, I feel now like I'm 12 years old again. It's exciting and it's new. So it's been, lockdown's been good for me. Obviously it's been really hard times for a lot of people and businesses and stuff. But for me as a sports person, it's been positive and looking forward to 2021. Good stuff. Great to hear anyway that you're, that you're taking the positives out of it. Um, I suppose when you go back to to March there, how, how did COVID affect your season? Well, yeah, so the British Championship normally starts in April and that's obviously what okay. I was doing. That's what I was contracted to do. So that was all my um, my focus was on that. So I went to Spain in the middle of February and then I was like, we was like really putting in long days and stuff, just getting ready to, to go racing. So then when mm-hmm. we got locked down, I was like, oh, well, like what's going to happen? Are we going to go racing? Are we not going to go racing? And I kept, to be fair, I probably took a week or two off and then we just kind of kept going light for Good April stuff, and May. Yeah. And then in June then, and I, I hadn't spoke to my team manager at all during lockdown. I texted okay. him when we got locked down. I was like, oh, I hope everything's well and all the rest. And then literally I rang him and I think it was like the first week in June. And I was like, oh, are, are we going to go racing? Or like, <laughs> yeah. will I try and go on holidays here or something? You know? And um, <laughs> he was like, no, it's definitely going ahead. And there's going to be six rounds, six rounds in a condensed calendar and it'll be behind closed doors. Okay. And then I like I was still like I don't know like but obviously I, I went back and started training and stuff and then that's what happened then first weekend in August it kicked off again um, and I had six rounds behind closed doors and it was yeah it was brilliant I think it was as a as like being involved in it it's easier behind closed doors because you don't have to right. you don't have like that uh, if, like it, it was harder at the start like to like get Aye. switched on I remember like thinking I was just like a practice day or something like at the first bit of championship because yeah, yeah. obviously you're used to like seventy thousand people being there and like you know what's important it fires you up like yeah yeah but i remember being there at uh Dong the park i remember just saying to my mechanic like this is so weird like there's no one here like you know, it's yeah. like this is this is not what it's all about but you got through it i think then obviously when it comes down to it you kind of it doesn't matter anyway but yeah it was weird it was a weird year for everyone and it affected sponsors and everything and i was really yeah. lucky that obviously my it didn't affect my sponsors so bad uh yeah like with charlotte and stuff who puts a lot of who helps me a lot you know she stood by me and so now it was really good and then obviously the astro team were still stuff, able yeah. to go so it was brilliant yeah 
I suppose we'll get into that later as well about the the sponsorship and, and the team itself. But if you bring it back to the start, Keelan, in terms of, you know, that you were doing school by motocross and, you know, that you were kind of, you know, inspired by your dad as well and kind of got into it through that. When was the point where you were like, Do you know what, I'm starting to get good at this and I could maybe make a career out of it? Um, my school by motocross career, I got hurt a lot. So right. I never, like, I never even had the success, like, of even, like, compared to my brother. Okay. So, um, and in, like, 2013, I actually had to stop for, I missed that whole year with an injury. Right. And, um, but I would say that was my turning point because okay. after that, because I got hurt so much, um, and basically, like, a, yeah, so then I went road bike racing, just kind of by chance in 2014, the kind of all the pieces fell in the puzzle, and it was something I wanted to do. But because I got so caught up in what I was doing, I kind of lost track of that. Mm-hmm. And so I went road bike racing and straight away I was like, I think I won the Ulster Championship and won the Irish Masters in my first year. Right. And just by chance, the, I'd say halfway through the year, a guy kind of started advising me, um, Ian his name was, and he applied for me to go to the Red Bull Rookies in Spain. Okay. So it's like a competition that brings like all like teenagers from all around the world to one one place okay and like um yeah it's quite a quite a big deal and i went there and i got to the final it's three days and i think there was i think like 600 people apply and then they bring 109 it wasn't my year it's always just over 100 okay. but 109 kids and well teenagers in my year and i've got down to like the final 25 and it basically just works like a knockout so the first day you go out and um it's all different nationalities but red bull obviously put on this is how like low my expectations were because my confidence <laughs> was quite low yeah in, at the in 2013 even though i even though i i like w- done good at home and stuff now championship but i didn't really uh well i've skipped a vital part out of this i went and done a british championship race before but um first time i done british super teens it was called and um in september and like I, I, at this stage, I was still just doing it for fun, and my mum wouldn't let. So Friday, free practice. There's always free practice, okay. but my mum wouldn't let me take the day off school. So I literally <laughs> went over, and my first, the first time I'd ever, I literally was there about an hour and had qualifying, and I qualified eighth. And I remember like uh, my dad just going, <laughs> like even he was surprised. And that weekend, then like I think I finished fourth in one of the races, and um, I kind of got speaking to a guy from. He was actually from Coleraine. And he kind of briefly put together they were going to put something together for me in England next year, and I was still like, "All right, that's 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 really cool." Like, um, and there's a bit of momentum there, but I never, I, like, I was like fifteen or sixteen. Like, you don't think anything off. Yeah, you yeah. Just I was still like literally just doing it at the weekends, and you know, yeah. And then I this Ian guy had applied for Red Bull rookies, so I went there. But I went there like with such low expectations that. My, me and my dad we booked a hotel three and a half hours away but like and red bull put on a hotel but i was right. like you know like if i'm getting knocked out like on the first day i don't really want to be hanging around 100 ego testicle yeah, yeah. teenagers you know as yeah, well yeah. like especially if i'm going to be in a bad mood so we booked a hotel like three and a half hours away and um like and my plan was, I was going to have like a bit of a holiday after you know and uh, yeah, yeah. you know like course, soft, course. soften yeah. the blow and um yeah i got like I got right down to the final day. I was really close to making the final twelve and getting the obviously getting the the opportunity with Red Bull and stuff. But um, yeah, I was probably a bit of an experience, and like I wasn't prepared at all. Like we were, we stayed three and a half hours away. Like these kids had like psychologists with them, and like 
physios and stuff and like it was literally me and my dad and my mum in a hire car driving three and a half hours every morning yeah, yeah. you know but um and that was brilliant I think then like I kind of like I don't even think I really got too excited I was like oh it was cool I remember always thinking like people saying to me like oh that jeez you know that must have been a big shock to you but I remember thinking like if you go and do something like you always I went there thinking I was going to do good like you don't go yeah, yeah. thinking you know oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do bad you know yeah. like and I obviously didn't say I never said this out loud because if you say it out loud people normally go easy yeah yeah <laughs> you know but um I remember just like I, I say that now but I remember on the final day when they called my name out like it's really intense like and it's so hard to like to call everyone into this room and your boy literally just like your journey ends here and then these people were bringing back the next day and I remember I remember like I'm it was so weird and there's so much of that was really cool like in there was the first day I was out with Japanese kids however it happened just like in my group and you're all in the change room together but they had never in Japan they don't have Red Bull and right, obviously okay. at this here, there's like, just like fridges of Red Bull everywhere, <laughs> you know, like, and I had enough cup on, I was like, I don't need to be drinking that right now, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I remember like these Japanese kids, like literally bouncing off the wall, you know, and they were like, they had no fingernails left or nothing because they had never, if you imagine you're like 16, yeah. you've never had Red Bull before, like, and like most of them are probably away from like, they've flown half around the world as well, yeah, you know, exactly. but um, yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was just that was a big and that was probably the first time coming home I came home from that and I was like oh you know that was really cool and it kind of reignited reignited my fire again yeah that's unbelievable to to hear like um I suppose when you you are talking about you know the boys that you're meeting over there and and how they had the big teams behind them and stuff did you feel like obviously you had that self-conscious but did you feel out of your depth they're saying you know what I don't know if I I can carry on with this sport in a way where I do I need a team you know what was your thoughts coming out of it I suppose well, that, that um, the, the way that thing worked, you just turned up there. You literally brought your brought your gear and like you rode their bikes and everything. So that mm-hmm. was, and that was probably why I was able to shine, you know, because I was at no disadvantage Aye, yeah, or yeah. anything. But um, I, yeah, so that was, and it's a great opportunity. And um, I, I was so happy just to even go. I remember even when that Ian boy told, like said that he was going to apply for me. Then I remember saying to my mum, like one night, like I was like, still in school. I remember coming home on the bus from school and thinking about it and saying to my mum, imagine like they took me to Spain, like how how mental would that be, you know? <laughs> and, um, and my mum was like, oh, don't get your hopes up, you know? But it was, it's, it was mad now looking back. Great stuff. Uh, so you're 16, 17 anyway, coming out of that competition. What's the next step in terms of a team? Did they reach out to you at all? Or, or did you go into a yes. few kind of national competitions? So I had that, um, so that guy that was, he was going to bring me to England and that, that did come true. Okay. So I went to England, I rode for him for two years and yeah, it was brilliant, I learned a lot and it was the same, it was kind of a big eye opener, like I went to England, I'd, like I'd been on holidays obviously like every year but mm. I'd never been in England and I just got my eyes open. I, had, I rode really good, like my second ever race in England, I finished in the podium and mm-hmm. like I, I remember like people go like, getting noticed and stuff and but like the whole so the racing side of it never really was much of an eye-opener but the um the like seeing like I remember like seeing the first time I remember seeing one of those kids I'll never forget it to this day he was had a handbag on he had like a Gucci handbag and I remember like when I was from Kilmacrennan like and I remember just going 
like if my mates at home seen that like he would you know he wouldn't be you know yeah, yeah. it was it was cool that way like and um he actually turned out it was 100 percent. but it was really good that year my teammate was a boy from liverpool james fulkard he um he was 26 or 27 but he was probably so and he actually won the british championship and he was my teammate so I learned so much from him, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was good. I caused we probably caused havoc as well, like getting out of home and yeah. <laughs> getting away, you know. And had an older teammate that got took me places I shouldn't have been taken and stuff. But it was just brilliant. Everything was good about it, and I had three podiums that year. And um, I went back the next year and I had like sixteen podiums and won two races. So it was just it was it was brilliant. And then that was the end of my two years there, and I moved on. But um, that was a great two years. Now looking back, like I couldn't. The first I live, I stayed in the team motorhome and stuff at the weekend, and had to fend for myself. So it was just a great experience. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of well from my experience of sport anyway. It's it's pretty much always been team sport. But kind of listening to you and how individual the actual sport is, and then when you mention a team, what's that relationship like with the other individual riders? Yes, it's um, it's yeah, <laughs> it's it, the hardest thing is. So that year was brilliant. I got on really good with him. And Aye. I think because as well, I was like young, quite young kid. And he Aye, was probably, yeah, yeah. for the class he was in, you know, he was he was quite experienced. So he knew that it probably wasn't ever worried about me. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard in the past I've had it. And it's been tough um, because it, it's not like sometimes uh, like you're two people that you wouldn't like socially gravitate to, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's and it's, it is intense and obviously you want the same thing and the hardest thing as well like you have the same equipment, right. you know you have the same access to like you probably have the same level of support like from mechanics and stuff as well so like it's like the most direct person but like for this year I've got two teammates one's from New Zealand and one's from Derry actually so it's the first so that'll be really it's quite nice to have someone who's like knows kind of the area and stuff but um and i know both them quite well and they're they're 100 percent. but it is tough i don't know if you watched the formula one documentary on netflix but is i think what's the drive drive to, drive to, to survive or something uh, yeah, yeah. like I, I wouldn't know much about formula one but i watched it and i felt like it like captured it quite well right, it's hard okay. to put into words and obviously i don't like um like it is it's such a weird dynamic you know because you've you've two it's you're both want the same thing Definitely. you know yeah, yeah. and obviously like the team managers and owners are always going to favor the, the person doing the best aye yeah yeah you know aye, it's a strange dynamic so it is it's interesting to hear that because like even even like i wouldn't be watching formula one <laughs> but like yeah when you do hear about it and when you do see it like obviously the teams are there and the individuals are are part of the team but it's it would be a strange dynamic i'm sure it is and if yeah. you don't get on with them it's definitely a tricky situation I'd say. I think I'm lucky this year especially that we're all quite um we're all quite similar right okay. so and that's that's quite a help like if you have like we can talk about stuff other than what we're trying to do yeah and I think as well you know we we've had a test obviously and it's probably the first time I've been in a situation where all we've all worked really together so it is kind of even though our results are going to be very separate maybe when we get to the races you know it'll be different but it, like we we're all working really well together and stuff and it's quite a good quite a good dynamic so i'm really looking forward to it you know it's it's uh, should be good good stuff and you were saying there that you obviously were part of this contract and part of the team and and you know that you were doing races in england so much how are you balancing that with with your school work as well and going into leaving sir yeah um <laughs> <laughs> no it was good I, I was lucky that um the school was quite were really good to me. That's probably the best thing. I wasn't there a lot. Like um yeah. <laughs> I um 
yeah, but now I, I got through it, got my leaving cert and done quite good. Well, I was happy. Yeah. Um, no, it was good. I had like, it's like everything. You just kind of get, get used to it. Like I was always back in the Monday morning, even mm-hmm. if it meant like flying home late Sunday night and stuff. Yeah. So um, it, it, it was difficult. Like, com- and I, that's what I say to anyone. Like I have people ask me all the time, like, what's it like? And even pe- kids now, like I have parents saying, oh, you know, he's, where he's going to try and do it do school or do college or whatever and I'm like yeah it's it's not easy like it's not that's not going to be a walk in the park you know but I'm glad I done it definitely and, um, yeah yeah because it, it's great for like school's the best memories ever you know and definitely. I didn't miss out yeah. on that you know yeah great stuff and you carried that on as well into, into college in the LYAT yeah so was, I kind of well I suppose this kind of goes back to like when I had the first chance to go to England my mum says I could do it but I had to finish out school right so I says obviously said whatever I could like just to further yeah. agree I was like yeah yeah of course no bother so um yeah but no it worked out really well so I got my degree now in quantity surveying and obviously it set me it set me up really good obviously for when I choose to that for that to be my focus and I quite enjoy it as well but that was the same thing I have had some good friends and stuff in that course that helped me through it and um like let me know what I missed and stuff but um, and it was really good. The IT were really good with me as well. They obviously um, understood what I was doing and stuff. But yeah. um, yes, that's all. It's kind of it's hard. It all goes so quick. Like it's just like a blur. Yeah, no, yeah, good it stuff. is like a blur. Because uh, like a few people I've had on have been, you know, obviously competing at a really high level in their sport and also balancing the academics as well. So it's it's great to see that that uh, that's able to be done because a lot of people would sacrifice one or the other. So it's it's great that you're able to to get out with the degree at the end of the day and still compete at a high level so great stuff um i'm just going to bring it back to kind of the team environment in terms of the you know the english camp that you were set up with from yeah. a football perspective or from a team perspective we would do like say video analysis and stuff like that there how does that transfer into an individual sport and specifically in your in your motorcycle i think like that can i i would do that a lot but it's more on your own okay so right we don't maybe well obviously I'm in a different team now so that might be different this year when we get to the races mm-hmm. um we have we have like data logging on the bike so that like it shows what each rider does and you can see what within your team you know like how hard he pulls a break etc okay. so we look we look at that stuff obviously and with your crew chief and he your crew chief kind of as for me especially like it's more even though like he has a mechanical side and he can improve the bike for you but it's like a good uh, mental uh, coach almost and that's like the best best people I've worked with have known how to get the best out of me so um that's like the big thing because it's so individual like and you're mm. on your own but like you've got no ship to show radio or nothing and like you so you've got like 40 minutes of your own thoughts like and it's that's scary enough the best of times but um like so that's like the biggest thing is just getting the right people around you to bring out the best in you and that's obviously something this year I'm really looking forward to. I've got a great crew around me so um looking forward to looking forward to it good stuff and and how important is that psychological and mental side to the game in, in inside the sport yeah massively i think um obviously like it's scary enough at the best of times but it's not not even for that but just for well for me especially it's just like to believe in like to believe in yourself and stuff because i wouldn't be like um especially like one of my the person who kind of looks after him like he's always trying to get me to be a bit more arrogant almost you know but Aye, you don't want yeah, to carry yeah. that home either yeah but um like especially you know like when we're doing some like stuff before the races especially like in the past years and i've been 
like fighting for championships and stuff like he's like oh say this and I'm like oh I'm not yeah. saying that like you know and he's like and he's like you have to say that and then I'll say it and then it works out and I'm like oh you know it's quite cool but um obviously I don't you don't like doing that but and then when people say stuff you know like in like an interview and stuff and then I'm like oh did you hear what he said and he's like oh don't just don't let that bother you yeah, so yeah that's yeah. like the biggest thing for me because I quite I'm a bit of a warrior you know and um that guy that we're talking about like he always says um you know, if I'm worrying about something, like, it could be like a, we're racing on like a Saturday and a Sunday and I'm like texting him on a Tuesday saying like, oh, it could rain, you know, <laughs> and he's like, um, he's like just, and he always just says situation by situation, lap by lap, race by race. And I always that's think tough, of that yeah, then. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm happy then for, for another few hours, you know, Yeah. but um, that's a big thing. And that's like, um, and it's wee things like some people, you have certain personalities, obviously that wouldn't make a difference to, but yeah. for me that like, if I feel good, and like myself and I'm you know if if other stuff's going well then racing tends to go well so yeah. I kind of carry it through life you know if I'm in a good mood and everything's kind of happy and that's kind of why I like obviously when I'm when I'm in Donegal like you can have the best again the worst again but you're so relaxed like when I come home and you just do stuff with your friends and no one really ever mentions it too much like I think they kind of know now at this stage like if it's going well then you can say it yeah, yeah. It's not, if not we'll just not mention it you know yeah no, I know it's, it's interesting here, that kind of psychological side of things, because it is very dependent, I'm sure, on individual sports, like, and, you know, your mood can, can change anything, I suppose, and it's hard to kind of separate that from your personal life and then into, you know, yeah. absolute focus and killer mode when you're actually on the bike, so um, it's interesting to hear that. Just when you mentioned Donegal there, where do you like to go in Donegal? The restrictions have just lifted there, so we're, we're flying for the summer, so we are. <laughs> I know, yeah, we can go wherever we want. I know, I'm quite, I suppose I have to say... I don't know, I, I'll go anywhere, like, to be fair, I'm, I'm quite lucky, Um, I have to say, with lockdown in January, I was, got Irish Sports Council, uh, thankfully, they classified me as an elite athlete, so I've been able to travel, Great stuff, so yeah. I've been traveling a wee bit, but as far as Donegal goes, I like the beach, I like the sea, Yeah. it's um, it's just so different from when I'm away, obviously, it's quite busy, and like, when nice I come back right here, like, yeah. yeah, like, my blood pressure just goes down, you know, and it's <laughs> just easier, and talk about anything you know it's quite yeah. cool do you ever take the bike out at all around Donegal is there any place to do that no never I don't we, I don't have any bikes here either at the minute which is um yeah which is a bit it's been it's a bit weird as well obviously yeah. all the team and everything's in England and I don't really see them that much other than a race but um yeah so I think it's good as well like it's literally when I come back here it's just like switched off yeah and um I really enjoy that side of it too good stuff so say you know you're going into a race and what's kind of the obviously you talked about the mental preparation that you have by taking it lap by lap but in terms of the actual race itself now I don't really know how it yeah. works but do you have a do you have a game plan going into it in terms of are you a risk taker in the sport do you are you very very calculated when you're riding or is it that much detail that you need to go into um oh yeah definitely like I'm probably more of a thinker um too much of a thinker sometimes and this is what um something that we've been working on is just to uh like work on instinct instinct and stuff a bit more but um okay. the thing is well every weekend's different and every circuit's different like if you have somewhere that's like where tire wear is going to be a bigger problem then like it requires a completely different approach like we might not ever try to do like a one-off lap time so we practice or nothing okay we're just working on like being consistent and having a good rhythm and then you go to other tracks like like where it's just completely different so every weekend has a different different kind of approach and that's where it's really important like you know obviously it has a the like crew and stuff around you like to definitely guide you yeah. and um that makes such a big difference and I'm really really lucky obviously with the Astro GGR team this year 
that we have um, such good people. Good stuff. Yeah, no, you're kind of highlighting how important the team is around you. And yeah. I suppose when you are an individual sport, it means everything. Yeah, and it, it's like I think some people maybe think it's like an, an excuse sometimes, but it is so important. Like, and I've been on both sides of the spectrum where I've had mm-hmm. very good teams, probably, you know, better than I was at that stage of my like career and stuff and it's made me look good but I've also experienced it the other way a wee bit of times and um you can't make up the difference so it's it's just massively everything like it's all like the one percent like like yeah, yeah. 0.5 or 0.6 of a second could be like the difference in 10 places so like it's all like the one percent like and that's where everything everything makes a massive difference yeah this might be a stupid question now but uh <laughs> when you when you're up against the race and you know you're obviously racing against individuals but you're also racing you know representing your team against a different team is there huge differences in the ability of the bike compared to your competitors or the ability of, of your bike and how much of a factor does that play oh yeah that that is massive it's um yeah that is massive uh, that is massive and i don't really know what how the best way to explain this but like yeah, a lot of it comes down. You've got like obviously the factory teams that are like supported direct from the manufacturer and stuff. Yeah. And um, so they're obviously probably going to be the best for that manufacturer. But we're lucky this year with the BMWs. Uh, my team's got a lot of knowledge and they've been around for like twenty five years. So mm-hmm. like I'm I'm in a fortunate position that my bike and team and stuff is more than good enough to win. And it's okay, been the same right. last year last year as well. To be fair, that um, like if. Last year in that class I was in, all the bikes were pretty able to win. Okay. This year, as I stepped up, as you go up the ladder, obviously like there's there's some bikes that won't be capable of winning, but I'm lucky that I'm on one that is good enough to win. Yeah, no, it's interesting hearing that because when you compare it, the only thing I can compare it to is another individual sport in terms of maybe yeah. athletics or something like that, and it is kind of all on the athlete itself. But yeah, so there's some athletes going into that race that don't have a hope of winning. Yeah, and at and the problem is it changes so much. So obviously, like there's like new bikes and stuff out. Like, but at the minute on paper, like we should be in a really good position. And I know like the the team and stuff have got some updates and stuff throughout the year for us to try. But it could turn out that um, yeah. But no, I think I think we'll we'll be more than good enough. Obviously, like the BMWs, a really good like round package, and um, obviously my team is brilliant. Good stuff, yeah. And from the people that that are going into the race thinking you know i'm good enough to be you know on keelan's team or to have keelan's bike like are they would they be nearly like trying to change team and kind of talking to your team as well or talking to other teams to try and get kind of a a deal with them or or a contract with them oh yeah definitely like everyone is out for themselves aren't they so um and and that's why like if you're on like an underperforming team and as i say lucky enough i've not really been in that situation too much but yeah. like you, people know, you know, like who has what, and like so if you can do good enough to get on a good, a good bike, then obviously then you can show up, you know, and it's not just hearsay, but um, yeah, oh that's that's a hard thing to um, well I find hard not like not to be bitter about a wee bit or bitter is maybe yeah. not the right word, you know, if people yeah. are like speaking to your team and stuff, but um, <laughs> it works the other way. <laughs> it's a bit like with a girl, isn't it? But um. <laughs> it's um it's um it works it works the other way as well because i like obviously last year um it was quite clear i was going to move on but um you know and the same in 2019 it was quite it was quite clear i was going to move on um 
yeah, and it's just how you handle it, really, and how you deal with it. It's um, yeah. it's not easy. I'm lucky that I have, I've got a few people that advise me and stuff, and that would maybe do the mm-hmm. talking for me. So I just kind of focus on what I have to do. Good stuff. Yeah, no, it's an interesting concept, so it is, and yeah. I always kind of wanted to know about that because I, like, obviously, it is such an individual sport, but these teams exist, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's down to the mechanics of the bike. Like, so it's it's it, interesting it hard, to hear like, that. And I've I've had a f- I've not had it, but I know some people who have had it, like where they've like it's came to the end of one year and they've like came down to the garage like for the next session or whatever and like nice. other other riders have been in the garage speaking to the team owner like and right <laughs> i'd i'd find that tough like i you know i would yeah, find yeah. that tough not to say something we're not having a small you know but yeah it's yeah. um yeah it's just part of it and um yeah hopefully hopefully i'm not stung with it or anything <laughs> and do those teams have limited spaces or limited budgets to how many people they can take on or um it's normally limited by budget obviously because it's so expensive but well for example my team last year was a a two rider team and this year obviously well no it was three but not in this in the it was in a lesser class but this year obviously they've expanded to three and um they've retained one rider and then obviously brought me and d in as well so um Well, kind of retained me because I was with them, but like kind of on a different, in a different, involved in a different way. Yeah. So um, that was that was really good. But it's funny you say this because um, I, I I agreed to do what I'm doing now, like last July. So actually, before anything anything happened, before we kind of turned oil, I kind of shook mm-hmm. hands. Oh, yeah, it was a good opportunity, and I was going to do it. But the the other rider was done a done a podcast, and um, they asked him. <laughs> what he thought he was going to do and he said that he didn't say that he was going on or he was moving but he said he said enough that I read it that like he was he was leaving right. and yeah. I can say all oh, that that makes sense you know that that's obviously made space for me and I kind of seen it but then obviously that was the week of the last race of the year and I got and there was like rumors kind of circulating then as to who was going to right, replace okay. him and I was like there's not enough people saying my name here you know yeah. <laughs> like, you know and um yeah I remember it and and after the round as well because it wasn't announced until I think December and the last race was October and I'm terrible on the phone I don't know if you noticed it tonight but um, (laughs) (laughs) I um, like I had me speaking to the team for like three weeks and I had all these people I was talking to someone I was like oh did you hear this person's going to Astro whatever and I was like no I didn't and I I, I just ringing bringing like uh, Stu and Stu's brilliant like great team and I was like well how are you and, uh, <laughs> and, he's, and basically like he was just like says oh no it's it's still happening everything you know and but obviously they did expand they brought in a third rider yeah and um yeah it was weird and it is hard to to know obviously what's what's going to happen and you hear like some mad rumors obviously the the team that my brother signed for the at the end of last year this I got a text saying that, oh, is it true that both you and Reese are going to such and such? And I was like, who even thinks to make that up? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's cool. That side of it, it's when it's going for you, it's good. And it's quite, you know, like everyone loves a, like a bit of hype or like a rumor and it makes you feel yeah. good. But when it's the other way around, like maybe about you being replaced or something, it's not so nice. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, because you're at such a high level as well, you nearly feel out of control, I suppose, of, of the rumor mill and you're just you're just a pawn and everyone is kind of making up these stories as well. So like I'd say, when you do get your chance to, to have your say, whether it is in the, the motorcycle and circles, you're, you're happy yeah. enough to give it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And this, this year I was I was a little undecided. I can, you know, off what I was going to do and stuff. And 
I spoke to obviously spoke to a few people who kind of look after me and stuff in that respect, and um, yeah, I didn't know what to do. And it's hard when you sometimes when you have like two options maybe and different Aye. like paths to go, and that would lead you ultimately to different places. Like, what is the best one to choose? And you don't yeah. you don't know. You just have to go with what feels right and stuff. And I um yeah, what feels right. And it is hard. It is hard. It's, yeah. it's not easy at all that side of it. Um, but it's I've touch wood i've not been in the situation but it would be even worse to be the end of the year and have no options yeah you know exactly yeah obviously keelan you've you've been extremely successful over the years but what would you put down as some of your biggest achievements over the last while um obviously that red bull in spain was really cool yeah it (laughs) it was that was it that was probably one of the coolest things just everything was about it was cool like now looking back like the three and a half hour away drive the yeah absolutely everything um obviously winning my first British championship race was unreal and I, mm. I remember yeah I remember like just screaming that much on the slowdown lap I was like I had no voice by the time I got back and <laughs> it was just like that was just brilliant and um yeah that was probably that's probably like the best day and then there's been just like without sound and there's so many things stand out for like mad reasons you know like um yeah one of my first pro race in the irish championship was good it's just there's there's loads of stuff um that stand out like I, I always every time i get asked this question i give a different answer yeah and it's not for any other reason that's just doesn't spring to mind but um yeah that that was really that was that one in that british championship race at cadwell was unreal because it was at cadwell park and right okay like when we go to Silverstone or you go to Downton Park or wherever whatever way it works out like and it's I'm pretty sure it's the same amount of people that come like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people there but okay. at Cadwell like it fit like the place is like jammed yeah. and this this yeah, was yeah. like pre-COVID and Brilliant. I remember I remember just like coming out of the last corner like you come through the trees and I remember just going to myself holy I am going to win a British yeah. race at Cadwell Park and yeah. I remember just being so happy and yeah it was that was definitely like peak and i remember like just being so happy and it was really weird because not many people were there for some reason um my dad was there my, my brother was there i remember like i didn't get to, i didn't speak to my mom until like 12 o'clock that night because yeah. there's so many people and the race was stopped because there was a, an accident and stuff and uh, i remember like i remember sitting sitting on like the on the road and, like just looking up and there's so many people around and everything and it was like august bank holiday weekend yeah. It was it was just so special. So um yeah, I'd like to win a few more of them. Hopefully we'll get the crowds back this year. Um yeah, it'd be nice. Unreal. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. Like so it is I can only imagine what that's like as well and all the hard work paying off in such a big stage. Like sure play or not playing because I'm used to saying that, but driving <laughs> driving in front of that many people, yeah. it must be an unbelievable feeling. It was it was it was crazy and I remember yeah, I remember like my Eurosport interview was terrible. Like I <laughs> <laughs> it's the most cringe thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, and I, I think everything I done that day after that was cringe, but it was just it was really yeah, good. Yeah. I I loved it. I'd love to do it again. It was one of those days that if it actually was a nightmare of a day before that. We have morning warm up like two hours before the race, mm-hmm. and I crashed in the last lap and everything. And I had like Jeez. such a good week up, end up there, qualified second and stuff. And I remember being like, I remember like freaking out a wee bit, like in my motorhome in between warm up and the race. But um, and I remember my my like coach at that time just came into me and he was like, "Oh, how'd you feel?" And I was like, "Oh, 
not good to be honest like i am freaking out here a wee bit like and i get yeah i'm quite ner- i'm quite honest which is the worst thing so when i get nervous then i tell people yeah i feel yeah. the need to go tell everyone how nervous i am yeah and then um he just goes you know what this is going to be the easiest race of your life i remember i remember, I remember my first thought was well, going to be easy for him just sitting there you know <laughs> and um like because obviously like when when you're nervous like you have a bit of an attitude don't you like it's yeah, like yeah. you know and yeah i remember like just like That's um, classy. <laughs> yeah it was yeah and then i went from being that nervous just to being so unbelievably happy and like it's just like 40 minutes it was a bit insane yeah that's brilliant um you're talking there about you know your brother after signing for a team what's that relationship like um yeah yeah it's brilliant obviously we're really close and um it's really nice we don't train together or anything we don't okay. we don't do any of that together because it's quite um to have a line you know it was quite important yeah especially last year when we were against each other you know like you like the teammate thing is tough enough never mind your brother do you know what i mean yeah so exactly. um yeah. yeah but so that like we and we definitely probably stopped doing stuff as much together that year especially okay. because we were both at the front of british championship and stuff so like and you don't want to be paid, i don't want to be patronizing to him and he's only patronizing to me probably so when yeah like if he didn't do good after a session, like if I go and I was doing good, you don't want to go. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it'll be okay. It's a, it's, like, a t- it's a tight line, so it is yeah, like yeah. It's a yeah. tight line, so like we didn't even really speak about it that much. It's um, but it's really good, like, and obviously this year we're not against each other, so it's a lot easier. So, but we still you don't really speak about it too much. Like people would probably expect you to talk about it all the time, you oh. know. And you do speak about it, like, and but you don't like we have other interests and stuff oh, like yeah, yeah. so it's she couldn't be chatting about it all the time you no know, no you know at all, it's like, like um yeah that's it exactly so you, it's and it is hard but obviously i appreciate like obviously his ability and how good he is so yeah it's it's quite a good good dynamic yeah it's so unique as well in a way like you know obviously these are in such niche sports yeah. and these are both excelling at it as well and obviously he would have taken inspiration from you being a few years younger than you as well so it's it's great to see that you are both excelling in the sport like yeah no it's it is good and, and the weird thing is like it's like we never expected it and probably from our our dad was quite laid back like even now like people like yeah. when we're at a race people don't know who my dad is because he's just kind of in the background like don't get me wrong like he's quite always there and like at the front for me but he's quite it's the way you want it like yeah, yeah he's quite like um there he was never like overly like a pushy kind of sports kind of you know he just kind of was always in the background and yeah so he's quite relaxed but he always kept us like really grounded like you know so that's always helped us and um yeah so it's it's good hopefully we've got another few years left in us yet as well definitely yeah um you mentioned earlier about one of the talk shows you did down in cork and the different types of public relations and commercial stuff that you do do you like them um oh yeah i love podcasts um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got that so yeah <laughs> yeah but um no i do i like meeting people and stuff so i do quite enjoy it um i don't like it as such when we're trying to race that's quite i find that quite hard like, right okay. stuff for coming like um like sometimes like my mom can come to every race and then she comes to a race like on a sunday and then like maybe i've not spoke to her as much as i should have because mm-hmm. she should but i'm like I've got like 20 people to speak to and I've yeah. got to go up and meet such and such at this time. And then I've actually got to race as well, which is quite important, you know, Yeah. yeah. So that side of it's hard. And that was probably one of the best things last year was how much time I had 
like at the race because they didn't have those mm-hmm. obviously no spectators no sponsors or stuff allowed so that was quite good but I do and I quite enjoy like uh, going to Cork stuff that talk show because obviously you, you know you get to go uh, away for the weekend and stuff and meet new people but um <laughs> no it's it's quite good and you hear loads of stories and stuff and I would be and to be fair if I wasn't like there doing it I'd be like sitting they're listening to people so yeah, yeah it's it's quite good and you always you don't know how people are going to perceive you it's like when we with the the nationwide thing when that kind of kicked off I was I really wasn't sure about that and I was like I said like I really don't know I was worried if people would perceive it and I didn't yeah, know yeah. if I wanted to do it and um I couldn't get over how it was perceived but I also there's definitely no ever going to be a career for me in acting out of it um <laughs> it's like we done like three days filming and like by the end right. but like I, I was I was getting moody like I was I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't impressed also yeah, yeah. I wasn't getting moody but it was just that I'd ran its course you know um yeah. but it was such a good opportunity and it like and it was I couldn't get over how well it was perceived you know and I had like people like people yeah probably saw it like I had people like many people texted me around me was like oh you came across really well and I don't know if they were yeah, like yeah. inadvertently they thought I was a bit of a tube before I don't know or you know <laughs> but um it, yeah that was really so that that was really cool and um yeah that, that whole thing was a bit mad like how it all came about and stuff but um and that kind of showed me as well like I had like old school teachers and stuff that I maybe hadn't spoke to in like 10 years yeah, like that, like got in touch and stuff. Just to, it was looking it was for really a good. bit of the fame, killing today. <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, yeah, it was quite cool. So it was. Yeah. Now you were saying earlier as well that, that like what you mentioned as well about pe- how people perceiving you is kind of striking that balance between being the competitor and kind of showing that side of you during the races and during the commercial side of things, but also when it is a more relaxed situation to come across as yourself and you feel yeah. that sometimes podcasts or interviews or, you know, different commercial stuff can actually give an opportunity to the athlete to show their kind of their own selves. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I never really thought about this until one of my friends came came to a race and he was like you he says like you're just like a different person he says like you're so like like a bit moody all the time like you know and it's because like it's like i'm at work like you know if you went and seen like you've seen anyone at work like i'm sure they're not going to be like their normal self and um like you know and i do like and obviously there's so many people that just see you like at at that and they maybe make a judgment off you there but Mm -hmm. like you've got so much to think about and stuff and that's why probably i listen to so much podcasts and stuff because you can judge like a person on like being an athlete or being like a, a business person at work or being like mm-hmm. a singer and stuff and you like have this um image of them built up in your head but that's like yeah. nothing what they're like at all you know like mm-hmm. i'm quite like thinking anyway, i'm quite like easy going i don't get overly stressed about like day-to-day stuff but like Aye. obviously when i'm at when i'm at racing like i'm like stressed 95 percent of the time worrying about yeah. everything and probably not the most fun to be around you know yeah um but then, you know, it's, I'm probably completely different here, hopefully, you know. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that some boy down in Cork was actually saying that about you. Yeah, well, I don't, we've done this, like, chat show whatever, <laughs> and it was quite late, so we were all, like, in a hotel, and probably, like, um, yeah, and so we were just talking away, and, like, everyone was telling stories, like, with me and three or four other, like, pretty good writers, like, Jack Kennedy and stuff was there, and um, I was standing beside Fergus, who's kind of after it, and he kind of looks after me, since a long time as like a bit of a manager and stuff puts some deals and stuff together for me and he um 
this guy came up and was like, oh, you know, you're not what I thought you were like at all, basically. And all this here, we'll not, we'll not go into too much detail, but it, it was, it was nice. It was cool. But, um, but it was, and that opened my eyes to, I was like, like, who do people think I am, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite good. And back to like, as you're saying about like the commercial side of it, I've, I've tried like, so obviously like Fergus is like, he would put out my press releases and stuff. But I've tried to like keep them off like my own socials and stuff. Like obviously Facebook, Fergus runs my Facebook, and but my Instagram mm-hmm. and stuff. I've like to date, I've not really had it had it too bad. But this year it's going to be I'll have to do some stuff for some people. They were like, oh, you know, Instagram's a bit important to us and stuff. So I'll have get a have to get a few plugs out there every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. And just when you mentioned that, I suppose, about the social media side of things and sort of the sponsorships that you have as well, what sort of obligations do you have in terms of them? So everyone's different. So obviously, probably like my main personal sponsor is a woman called Charlotte and she's like absolutely brilliant. It's probably for her, it's more just like she wants to help me. And like, so for that, there is no real obligation. I run her logo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but for her, she's, genuinely doing it for all the and I couldn't go racing without her like she makes it so so possible to do it and um mm-hmm. for her like we just she's a, probably a friend more than a sponsor and yeah. um but then obviously move on to like so JNS accessories and like Frank Thomas closing so I've got like a contract to them um I have to do certain stuff obviously like I think it's from the season starts like one social media post a month for a start and then there's certain other obligations like of badges and wearing a hat and interviews and bits and pieces that I do. Okay, yeah, yeah. But um, so I've got all my Frank Thomas hat on. If, <laughs> if, if Christian's listening to this, I've got my Frank Thomas hat on. But um, you've got a few in the back there, Keelan, as well. Yeah, but sure, yeah, this yeah. isn't no use there now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually I'll have to send an invoice in them for this because we're do- we're double billing. But um, so it's all different. And then obviously, like my like your kit contracts tend to just be obviously you can't wear anything else mm-hmm. and um i try and obviously i have like my principal insurance as a personal sponsor and they i do a video diary for them that goes out okay. in their social medias during the weekends so i think i have to do six videos a weekend and then i have to do i have to do like five off-site videos so okay. it's, i meet a boy called paul brown and we do them and he just interviews me like every like two or three months and then they put it out and that was on my 2020 deal i think we actually have a zoom meeting soon to discuss what way that will change for this year mm-hmm. but um i'd imagine it'll be more the same because there's not going to be too much like social interaction with the virus and stuff definitely yeah um just going back to the actual sport itself you know, kind of picking up um, in terms of how successful you've been and your brother has been at such a young age. Is it quite a young person sport? And what's the kind of the span of of kind of the life cycle of a of an athlete? Um, what I'm doing now, so like the road bike racing stuff, you we're seeing like uh, riders peak at like their late twenties and early thirties, okay. which is obviously really good for me. But um, everyone's different as well. Like those things, I've been doing this for a long time now. Um, mm-hmm. At the minute, obviously, I'm completely committed, and it's the one. It's all I think about. You know, it's it's my life. You know, and it's probably, but like I do know, there's going to be a time when that's not going to be the case. Yeah. And um, yes, but look, I I still see myself racing for the next 10, 12, 15 years. You know, I don't I have no notion of stopping. You know, it all all depends on injuries and stuff, I suppose. And like I've had a wee bit of a setback recently, but um, we're um I'm not I'm shaking it off all right now. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, and. 
I suppose this doesn't really help in terms of those serious collision injuries, but do you kind of train like an athlete as well in terms of, we know that you do the psychological and, and mental stuff, which is very important, but in terms of nutrition and gym and stuff, do you kind of get involved in that or what's your opinion on that as a, as a writer? Yeah, no, definitely. That's for me. I think even it helps like the mental side of it, but especially this time of year now, like I was kind of just taking over in January, to be honest. Um, I had yeah. a bit of a setback in January as well, but I got going probably in the middle of late January. So I was just doing like three days a week then. Okay. and uh, just kind of building a base but now we've kind of ramped it up a bit we're doing like five or six days a week um, I've always had a trainer but I don't, I don't actually have a trainer this year I'm trying to sort something at the minute but it's quite hard with COVID and gyms being closed and stuff but it's it's super important obviously because wrestling these bikes around like it's not easy it's hard work <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so it's it's really important and to be fair like the level we're at like everyone's like super fit and full time at it the yeah. Yeah, and the diet stuff like this, I'm not super strict on the diet, to be fair, at the minute. Like, I had a Chinese and stuff on Saturday, but during the weekend stuff, I'd try and eat well. But, yeah, um, yeah and then obviously on, when when we start racing, it's 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 a bit weird with COVID because the calendar's been pushed back again to yeah. the end of June, just because they're trying not to run behind closed doors. So, yeah. I don't, I, I didn't really want to be burnt out, you know, and not really wanting to do anything. Nah, enjoy your rest when you can. Hey, that's yeah. A, <laughs> get the feet into it. <laughs> Is it similar in a way to, to a jockey when you're trying to keep weight at all? Yeah, definitely. I'm quite, um, so it's, I've obviously, I've worked hard on it and I got very focused, like uh, probably paranoid about it this time last year, but I'm a bit more relaxed this year. But um, yeah, it makes a massive difference. By okay. nature, I'd probably be on the slim side anyway, so it helps mm-hmm. me. But um, yeah, as soon as I stop racing, I'm never training again. I'm going to eat whatever I want all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Obviously, you mentioned that you got away to Spain with that Red Bull competition. Where else have you have you travelled, and what where has the what has the sport afforded you in terms of being able to travel? Yeah, I've been I've been at pretty much everywhere. So, well, yeah, like I've been Portugal, Spain, um, obviously all over the UK, Scotland, all these kind of places. Um, I spent quite a bit of time in Spain, like especially in two thousand nineteen when, right? Uh, like I spent like pretty, I think in two thousand nineteen I done thirty four flights. So like <laughs> you know, between during nice the season, like it was Jesus mad. That that was an eye opener as well. To be fair, like living and staying in old school, like not like holiday Spain, like being ah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The back end yeah, the back end of nowhere, like and um, yeah, I think one thing I remember like cycling, like we used to do a lot of cycling then, like before the season started, and you'd be like cycling down these like roads, and there'd come to this random coffee shop. And there'd be like two Spanish like people sitting out there smoking, drinking like these three tiny coffees. And I remember just going like that is the life, like at three yeah. o'clock in the day on a Tuesday. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was really good. And like trying to speak Spanish, like I don't have a much Spanish. I don't Spanish for juniors or scrape through it somehow. But yeah. um I could literally just about say hello. But it was yeah, really yeah. good. Great experience. <laughs> um great experience, all that stuff's good. I like Portugal when I went there to to ride and stuff that's probably my favorite track um, right. I'd, li- I'd like to go back and stuff it's hard with COVID and stuff I there was I don't really know if I can else yeah there was maybe an American thing going to happen this year but um, just so yeah. hard at the minute it's so hard to travel and obviously British Championship is my focus yeah. so for me to do anything else that's going to like keep me away for a long time it's just not probably not the smartest thing I wouldn't be allowed yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get in trouble are the 
are the main writers are they mainly based in Europe like the best writers is there a bit of a, a US connection there as well or, or who's your main competition and where do they normally come from so in British Championship most writers are English to be fair um, okay. as you'd expect it's a bit like football like the British Championship is like the best domestic series in the world it's um, right, okay. I don't really know what it's down to maybe it's down to like the corporate sponsors and stuff and that yeah. kind of thing there's quite a lot of quite a lot of money floating around like at the at the top level um obviously then you've got world champion stuff that's obviously the pinnacle yeah and most of them would be spanish and stuff well i suppose like the world champion is from is from uh it's from Bally Claire. but um yeah so yeah the spanish are really good at it and they're big into it and the italians and it's not obviously something so ireland has produced some really good riders and donegal's produced good riders but at british championship it's all mainly british riders a few foreigners in there a few australians and New Zealand, yeah. so that's that's a bit mad. Like the like fair play to them. Like they come literally halfway around the world to come and race British Championship. Um, with full respect, like my teammate, he's pretty much just moved his moved his whole life to Coventry of all places, and he's um he's wow living from there. from New Zealand. Yeah, from New Zealand. Yeah, so he's just and he's he's a bit older than me. So I think he's like twenty six, twenty seven, and he's just came over here. But he was in America before. And he raced New Zealand, then he went to America, and now he's over here. But um, fair play to him. Like, anyone who's willing to do that, you know, it's not going to be easy to beat. I'm telling you, yeah, he's putting all his eggs in, in commentary. So yeah, I know. Of all places. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, Keelan, looking, looking forward to the next five years or so, or over the next while, what's your kind of, your main goals in the sport? Yeah, it is weird, because... I'm exactly like if you told me five years ago I'd be sitting here, I would have been like, no way, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, I try and just take it year at a time, but I'd like to be like a well established British superbike rider. That would be my goal. Um, okay. I have a few other like things to take off along the way. Like, I'd like to do some one off races and stuff, but I don't like I want to race in British Championship. Like, it's pretty close to home, it gets good crowds, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great series, and I really enjoy it. And I feel like I've put in a lot of the groundwork now I like to learn my trade and stuff so I'm really enjoying it and um, yeah as I said earlier I don't really see myself stopping anytime soon but um, the one thing I do hope I hope that I get the chance to say I want to stop you know I don't really want to be stopped by an injury yeah. or or yeah. anything you know it's that's that's probably the only thing I worry about is that I don't get to stop on my terms but yeah. um, look that's that's life when when that day comes it'll come I'll yeah. not have anything. I when I, I ideally I'd like to obviously stop British Championship maybe when I get too old, and obviously there's loads of young kids at 22 and 23, um, replacing me. But um, then I'd like to come home maybe and try and win like an Irish Championship just for one last hurrah, and yeah. then obviously retire and get a real exactly. job. <laughs> and tell you retire in Spain and drink coffee at the beach. I ask you. Stay Kilmacrenan. Hopefully Bambi will still be open. We'll go there on a Sunday. <laughs> good man and uh the last question i have for you now i had to do a bit of research and i asked a few people about um this question but rossi or marquez um rossi marquez no i don't excuse my language (laughs) i um i don't know i don't know yeah yeah probably i'll say marquez i'll say marquez because he's he's quite quite a cool person and um i feel like everyone wants to say rossi don't they um i don't know i'll be here all night thinking i'm quite <laughs> indecisive about that question <laughs> no, well sure when i get you on next year you can you can have a better yeah. answer so i'll do it the way my timekeeping and stuff went tonight you'll never want me on again 
<laughs> we may have had a few technical difficulties, but sure, the mum came to the rescue. That's all. That's, that's it, all yeah. that matters. <laughs> Good stuff, I. Uh, look, Caitlin, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, that was that was brilliant. So it was really enjoyed it. Um, it was great to kind of find out more about yourself and, you know, the, the personality behind the athlete as well. It's always <laughs> an interesting thing to find out. So once again, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, no problem. And um, best of luck with it. I'll be listening on my travels and look forward to catching up with you hopefully again good stuff and just before you go there do you want to let everyone know where they can find you in terms of your your in, in instagram and stuff yeah so just instagram is keelan erwin four and then uh facebook is keelan erwin racing that's probably the best one very good to keep that updated and um so and if anyone has any hate messages just send that on there and he'll be sure to get back to you <laughs> he um good stuff <laughs> so that's perfect <laughs> once again thanks all, all the best Keelan cheers see ya